0: Jerry Fragon and Doug Connolly work for Taylor Fragon Capital Management. All opinions expressed should not be relied upon for your individual investment advice. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Taylor Fragon Capital Management and its clients may maintain positions with securities discussed. No portion of the presentation serves as the receipt of or as a substitute for personalized investment advice from Taylor Fragon Capital Management. If you are a Taylor Fragon client, please remember to contact Taylor Fragon in writing if there are any changes in your personal financial situation or investment objectives, for the purpose of reviewing, evaluating, or revising our previous recommendations and/or services, or if you would like to impose, add, or to modify any reasonable restrictions to our investment advisory services. A copy of Taylor Fragon Capital Management's current written disclosure brochure discussing our advisory services and fees is available upon request.
1: It's time again for your weekly dose of the Long Only Podcast. I'm Doug. I'm Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Hello, Doug. All right, so we're in the middle of the longest season of the year. It is ballot counting season in Maricopa County, so... (laughs)
2: That's a curveball. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, what
1: can I say? I'm, I'm uh, full of it. Uh, it's what we've been talking about. We are sitting squarely in here. We are definitely in Maricopa County, I can, and I have the uncounted votes to prove it. <laughs> so.
2: it. Do you think your vote's been uncounted or counted?
1: Uh, mine, they're doing some sort of last in, last out thing, and I dropped mine off the day before Election Day,
2: so which was one of been, the five or six— counted. You weren't one of the ones that was given three options because the machines weren't working? No. Right. No, I wasn't. And, and I was there like a, at the first crack of the dawn to boat. The machines were working at that time. But I understand the, one, the precinct that I went to, shortly thereafter, they weren't working. <laughs> they still
1: had their uh, piece of paper when okay. you got there. Okay. Their yeah. one piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I've, so I feel you weren't like... one of the ones that was given the three options, one of which was to uncheck Check out of that precinct, and they check into another one, and then when he went to check into the other one, they said, you already voted
1: yeah you gave me a bunch of uh you you were talking to me I mean, I'm like to think I'm pretty politically dialed in, but you're There's you're ex- nothing
2: wrong with
1: elections no, nothing wrong with it, but the uh you gave me I, but I asked you you know since you have some more you know uh direct connections to people who do the do the things and the voting stuff and I said. Well, what do you think is the right way to to do it? And you say, well, you could do it day before, or you could do it day of. But then again, they might say they're out of something. Might happen. I was like, okay, so I'm going to do the option where my wife drops off our absentee ballot at a church the day before. So, who knows? And the yeah, exactly. I feel like uh, Starbucks is going to do like you know instead of like they're going to do like a seasonal blend based on Maricopa County elections. That's good. Something like that. That is good. So the... What's the other big news? The other big news. Well, what's the deal with Democratic Party megadonors going bankrupt in crypto? (laughs) You might be referring to Sam. Yes. Yeah. FTX. So this is good. Um, No party does have a monopoly on poor crypto decisions, by the way. So we we jest. So anyway...
2: This is good. I mean, I know it's difficult for people to, to grasp sometimes. These kinds of things have to happen. And, and over time, over history, it's always leverage. Love that word. Leverage. It's leverage that got them in trouble. And it is leverage that is being unwound right now in the crypto markets I mean, it's the same thing as the the mortgage crisis, right? You know, 40 to one leverage in mortgage securities. It, I don't know what it's going to take for people to learn their lesson. Now, you know, might they also have been committing fraud? Sure, they might have. I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't know. I, I, it does appear. I mean, at the very least, these these are things that needed to get shaken out because we've said all along, you know, as far as crypto, we've gotten some inquiries here, you know, what do you think about crypto? Is crypto dead? Is it, you know, or do we have exposure to crypto? Da, 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 da. Look, I, I, I actually think it's probably a heck of a time to be, you know, accumulating the, the Bitcoins of the world, and there's really only one Bitcoin. But And then there's a few other things that, that, that we like. We have to really separate out what what is happening here is just the same thing that's happened throughout history. Again, it's, it's that over leverage and You know, folks getting uh, either you know fraudulently or um, or stupidly. I mean, it's like it's like so many things. Either they're a fraud or they're the dumbest people on the planet. Um, um, so I I think, but I do think this is good. This uh, going back to what, what we've always said is: look, the blockchain technology, the the use cases for crypto that hasn't changed uh, you know it's it's gonna take every now and then you have to have these kinds of shakeups to sort of you know bring out the 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 problems and and start with a new slate. I think one of the things that's most concerning at this point is the the promise of of blockchain and crypto is decentralization and you know where the regulatory and and let's just set aside for a moment that let's make an assumption might be a ridiculously crude assumption, but let's just make an assumption that regulation in it is done in a way that's appropriate. And that is, you know, limited, kind of like making clean rules of the road, having some semblance of ability to enforce nefarious characters from, from doing things nefarious. Um, Let's just say reasonable type of regulation is, is, what's sought here. And I, I say making a crude assumption because unfortunately that's not always the case. And actually I'd say in today's world, that's rarely not, the case, rarely the case, but let's just give that, let's acquiesce on that and say that that's what we're looking for. That That's likely needed to some extent, but the real difficult part is trying to figure out, okay, when, you, you know, you know, how do you have a decentralized system that, that part of the advantage of is, you know, regulatory agencies slash government is able to have access to what they should have access to, but not have access to what they shouldn't have access to. And I think, you know, that's, that's it, the promise of, of decentralization and the, that would be the best of both worlds is look, they don't need to have it. It's, it's, it's taking privacy and putting privacy where it belongs um, and those things that should be private stay private and are guaranteed to be private. And then those things that are able, that are are part of just transparency and, you know, good governance and, and things like that are able to be, um, you know, exposed and transparent. And I think that's what we're working towards right now. And it's a painful process of getting there. And because I made a crude assumption about regulation, it probably means it's still going to be, you know, there's still more difficult times to come in trying to sort this out. But we're squarely in the camp that this is not going away, well. and in some ways, this means crypto, crypto, and 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 the and the blockchain technology that that um, is is at the, the core of it, if you will, um, because there's just too many good use cases, and so and, and there's too many projects out there. Look, there's lots of projects that are, uh, you know, questionable, no doubt. In fact, I think one of the most important news points that nobody's talking about is there was a case in New Hampshire that was where a judge ruled that a particular token um, was considered to be a security. And so that's actually going to be a really interesting one. This has been something that we've been hung up on for a long time are these tokens, you know, utility tokens, as they call them, actually securities. You know, in many ways, they look, taste, and feel like a security. And I've often thought, well, why don't we just go ahead, call them securities and go through a security and go through that regulatory process. The problem is, is that most securities, the securities laws are based on you know 1930s era you know rules and regulations that are clearly not geared towards crypto. And the fact of the matter is, is that a utility token does have different characteristics than a security. And, and without getting into all the deep, dark, and light um, characteristics or, or issues, because that would be hours and hours and hours. Uh, they are different. There are different characteristics, but there are also some, also some similar ones. So,
1: Are you implying that the top hat and spats crowd couldn't have possibly have predicted? Yeah, you know, who,
2: who, yeah, exactly. I mean, so where? how do we sort this out? I think this is the process of sorting this out. But any time excessive speculation and, and leverage, leverage leverage gets thrown out of the equation or it gets wrung out. I mean, that's a good thing. That is a good thing. That will help to, to in the long run, strengthen the system. You know, and at some point we'll go through a cycle like that again, because people are people and they do silly, stupid things or they're frauds. One or the other. So what was Bankman Freed's uh, mistake? It's, it's, simply you know, simply over leveraging and lending money. And that's the thing that's kind of been a common thread in this is making, uh, and it looks like there were, look, but we don't, we don't know what the real story is ultimately yet. It's, it, none of it, not enough of it has come out, but it appears that there was, you know, cross transactions that were, you know, it's like self dealing kind of transactions going on and lending money, significant amounts of money, um, to one entity uh, you know, nothing like a, a lacking in diversification loan portfolio, if you will, and that that's again that's been a common thread in these crypto um, exchange blowups or, or lend, crypto lender blowups that we've had in the last few months you know but again, I think that um, it's going to result in better practices in the end. And, and more importantly, and kind of what, what we wanted to, you know, I'd said to you, we want this to be about leverage today is this is nothing new. This is what happens. And it, it's a, it's a correct, what it does is it makes corrections just all the more exacerbated because you got people having to unwind things that, you know, they that they're overlevered on it. Obviously that affects the price negatively. So for smart people, and folks that, that didn't get caught up in all of that and are not borrowing to buy, you know, crypto assets, uh, you can take advantage of this um, because there are. I, I will say there's there's there are opportunities out there. I I still think they all center with around Bitcoin. I think ultimately Bitcoin is a store of value and it will continue to be, and it will end up probably at something like a million dollars in price someday. Um, it will. It will be on. We oh, yeah. have so a uh,
1: toilet paper though. That's the problem at
2: the moment. Yeah. Well, that's that's the other podcasts <laughs> that we've done about inflation and what have you. But I think it will be on a parity with gold, and it will. And and I do continue to think that crypto and fiat will live in the same world. That crypto has the capability, or Bitcoin has the capability of schooling fiat, because fiat will will realize that it it has to live in that same. World, it has, it has to it has to um, become more more stable in order to compete with Bitcoin, and vice versa. So, the, the, I think the the moral of the story right now is none of this is anything that's new. It's been going on for the millennia, and it will continue to happen again and again and again as people just get over over their skis, um, and whether it's the way the market in growth companies has corrected in the recent year or two, uh, or it's crypto and the, the winter that it's going through. I was going to say it's not a winter now, it's an ice age. All right. Um, this is all part of a normal process of, of, you know, puking out the bad so you can ultimately get back to feeling good again and and move forward with, with innovation. Because truly, the... the, the sp- I will tell you that some of the smartest people on the planet are ones that are building this background that you're not hearing. They're not the, they're not the the mega donors. You're not hearing about them. They're in the background. They're, they're, they're using these systems in ways that are very, very innovative and building systems that are very, very innovative. And I think that's going to continue. And in some ways, maybe this will aid them. We always believe just like, just like back in the dot-com era, there would only be a handful that survived. Same thing with, with with the crypto blockchain. Maybe not so much blockchain, it has so many different applications. But when you're talking about the crypto, whether it be cryptocurrencies or whether it be these utility tokens, I mean, there there are going to be, uh, there, there's going to be a handful of platforms that survive. Let's put it that way. Of which applications can be built on that are, you know, potentially... Unlimited um, and, th- and that will really be helpful in uh, in driving driving us into the future. This does relate to
1: something I was talking about with you earlier this week, and it's not a it's just a novel spin on an old concept and maybe it's not even a novel spin. it's just very slightly different wording, but the idea of the next cycle, and we're always thinking that how things are now is going to go on forever. We think that the real estate market is going to is going to go on as, as it is right now. We think it's the we think the economy is going to keep inflating forever. We think uh, Nick Saban is always going to win you know you know twelve or thirteen games a season, and he's never going to lose more than go two volunteers. Yeah, so so, so I guess they we, well, lost Georgia, yeah, yeah, exactly. right? So, but we but everything has these ups and downs, and it, we do have to avoid the monkey brain because it's easy to look at individual stocks and say. Um, I mean, just earlier this week, I was thinking, oh look at look at Carvana; it's so beat up, local company here. And my and I don't I don't deal with individual stocks, but I was thinking, saying, if I listen to my monkey brain, I'd be tempted to buy Carvana simply because it's going it, it's it's gone so far down. Now I'm not saying buy Carvana, don't don't buy Carvana, but it's just an example of we do you do need to you can't get caught into just averaging down for the sake of averaging down. But at the same time, these large Bitcoin is essentially an asset class. Um in, in a lot of ways. Well,
2: crypto digital currencies. Yeah, are, yeah exactly. Definitely digital assets. Crypto it's is now now an now. asset class, which I think is problem because we talked about asset classitization of everything.
1: Yeah. But finish your point. Well, on. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean simply the same way real estate is. It's it's something that is kind of its own animal and it's gonna have ebbs and flows. And but but aside from that, we we simply are not we're not using these downturns as a time to accumulate. And we're not properly storing away nuts for the winter when things are going up. And I'm saying that as a, as a, as a society, we we continually fail to have the imagination to realize, okay, how things are right now just can't go on forever, whether it's good or bad. So.
2: Yeah. The, I guess the, the point being that things don't stay static. They're, 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 well, some things, I, I, let me rephrase that. Well, some things, you know, it's like the song remains the same, you know, things, things, you think things are changing all the time. Maybe they're not, but they really don't stay static. Progress is made innovation. It happens um, perhaps. the and, and you're right. People need to be taking advantage of these things. And unfortunately, most people freeze in these environments and then want to, you know, jump in. When things are going great, and that's not necessarily the best time to jump in. Now, we're as we've said so many times, we are absolutely not advocating, nor do we try and time the market. We try and analyze businesses, and I will use this kind of environment that we're in right now to emphasize two things. Maybe we can even pick this up on the next podcast. One is the statement I made in a speech I gave in two thousand nine, in the wake of or during the, the that 08, 9 crisis, which was, "Can we get back to investing for investment's sake?" can we go through the process of evaluating a business to determine whether or not that's a business that is worthy of receiving our investment capital? There's just not enough of that being done today. It's such a mechanism of trading and, and guessing. It's a guessing game instead of a, uh, a game of analysis and, and research and, you know, using your noggin to try and figure out what what are the businesses that will do well given what's happening and given what we expect might happen going forward? It's never a perfect analysis, no way. Um, That's why we diversify a portfolio. But I I continue to be amazed as we're going through this really tough time for companies that are our type of company, growing companies that everybody seems to think are all going to go bankrupt. Um, I'm absolutely amazed at actually how well they're handling but you're not seeing it reflected in prices. We had a conversation with a CEO the other day of one of our public companies. And he said, boy, you know, I look around at what's going on and, you know, we're a public company and we're, you know, having to answer to these questions that come from the quote unquote street, right? That's the Wall Street, the analysts and everything and trying to satisfy them who are, you know, have the attention span of a gnat. And, you know, I look at my counterparts that are in the private world and they're like, things are actually going Okay, I mean, we know that there's you know some weakness out there. Inflation is terribly bad at the moment, Um, but they management's figure out how to adjust to those things, and 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 things are going okay. Other other companies and our own private companies where we hear them talking about you know everybody's saying things are horrible, and we're actually having some really good sales discussions right now. So it underscores how important it is to talk about the business. Number one, number two, going back to the to the crypto mess and you know are they they're either dumb as bricks or they're frauds. Is there has to be a moral compass about business? You have to have if for us to to make progress and go going forward be successful. You know business people have to be governed by a, a set of of rules that are just innate. Oh, I think we've talked about natural law before. Yeah, you know, because why are why are we seeing some of these high profile debacles? You know, because in a lot of cases, these people have lost their their compass. They they don't they you know what's right and wrong to them is completely twisted. Uh, the the whole concept of this the unicorn of everybody pushing to be the next billion dollar valuation. You know what? There's a whole lot of really good businesses out there that you can make a very nice return on. That are not probably ever going to be billion dollar valuations, but they're building some product that is extremely innovative. That might even be something like we've seen examples in our, in our portfolios of medical devices that are frankly life-saving, or at least, you know, making the healthcare, healthcare delivery and healthcare, a lot, you know, more, more effective and more comfortable for people to experience. So, this is something we should hit on again in the future. But those are two things that I think we're seeing right now in spades that need to be addressed. And, you know, almost four decades into this business, it still amazes me that the same attitude of it's all just about trying to guess what's going to happen tomorrow is what's pervasive. It's what's pervasive. And that is just not the way to think about it. That's actually not what works. And that's actually not what grows the economy. What grows the economy is, is solid citizens out there playing within the rules, trying to, to think through how can I make my product, my service more palatable and or you know, needed or wanted by someone else. You're thinking outside of yourself. You're not thinking about just yourself. It's not about profit motive so I can go you lost and over. We talked about thinking outside of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have what needs to happen. And, you know, times like these are great for, uh, you know, you know, being, you know, thoughtful and, and thinking of those kinds of things because they're necessary ultimately in the long run to be successful. And with that, I'm stepping off of my soapbox.
1: And my only addition or de- detour with that would just be to say it's not that I can improve on the boss, but is to. Of course. You can. But it's to, it's to say, it's not in
2: the, in the office. <laughs>
1: yeah. We're bringing opportunities to people. We're talking to people about opportunities. And and at the very least, I mean, like the worst thing you can do when it gets bad is go to, ca- is go to cash. You, you want to, at the very least, keep doing what you're doing. Keep putting money away. And if you've got dry powder, when it gets bad is the time to start thinking about using yeah, it. Absolutely. And you can see that when it comes to whether, whether it's we're talking about real estate or stocks or opportunities in the crypto sphere, or private opportunities, we can I can see as plain as day in a, in a year, two years, eighteen months. There's going to be people, you know, slapping their forehead like you know the dad in the board game commercial, you know, playing
2: or perfection or something
1: like that. Yeah, exactly. It's saying, "Oh, the you know, I didn't know the stock market would go up again, or I didn't know that that, that I thought I thought." Crypto is just a fad, you no, know, it's so or something like that. And there, go, there's going to be that regret because people didn't didn't pony up and actually be a little bit contrarian. And and I don't mean to be contrarian, be contrarian sake, but I just I just mean to realize that things go up, things go down, and it's not going to be easy. You've got to put money in when things uh, look a little bleak.
2: If this were easy, we wouldn't have a reason to be here. Yeah. And on that note,
1: yep. let's well, we'll take it up next week. He's and Doug, he's Jerry, <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week to anyone who's listening. Well, this will probably drop afterwards, but happy Veterans Day to all the veterans, of course. Absolutely, and uh, please check us out at taylorforgon.com, rate us on iTunes. We